Hi, this is Becky. And Patricia. We are former college teammates and believe that life is a team sport. Our goal is to encourage and inspire strong women, families, and communities using lessons learned from sport. Welcome to the team room. All right. Well, welcome back to Life is a Team Sport. We are so excited to have you all joining us for season three of Life is a Team Sport back in the team room. I'm here with Becky. Becky, what's up? Hey, how's it going? It is going great. I'm so excited about our interview today and our topic actually for this entire month, um, interviewing women who are leaders in their industry and finding out why sports helped them to get to the point that they're at now. I'm excited. Well, as you can see, since we're recording for the first time, I just came off the beach because we've been in surf mode here and it was pretty windy, but it was a great day. It's always a great day to beat the ocean. There's something about the ocean that, and watching people surf, speaking of sports, uh, surfing, that really just, it invigorates you, makes you feel good. Salt air, something about the salt air. So I'm excited to meet our guest, who Patricia is going to introduce. So our guest is a friend of mine. I got to meet her quite a few years ago. She ran track, mostly hurdles, but I think she also did some sprints and a few field events. You know, when you run track, you do whatever gets points. Um, But I think her event was hurdles at University of Illinois. And then she actually was the personal trainer for a tennis pro and traveled all over the world with that before she decided to settle down and start her own business out here in Maryland. She had done FCA at University of Illinois and her FCA leader put her in touch with me, which is how I got to meet her. So she volunteered with the FCA at University of Maryland for a little while and we've remained friends and I just really appreciate her spirit and she always makes me smile when I talk to her. So I'm really excited to interview her. Welcome to the show, Tiffany Nesfield. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you too. Well, and this month, we are specifically interviewing women who are leaders in their industry and talking about their experiences in sports. And I know you're going to have a lot of great things to share with us as that topic goes. But before we get to that, we want to hear something from your highlight reel. Um, Okay, so from my highlight reel, Something that I've been doing recently that I really enjoyed is learning a new skill. For me, is swimming and tennis. It's funny, I actually worked with a tennis pro and learned a lot of tennis, but didn't get to actually practice it. So it's been great to be a student again at a sport and start from fresh because, you know, the older we get, we expect to be perfect at everything because we've been doing it for a while. And so it's kind of going back to being, you know, nine, 10 years old again and like making a lot of mistakes <laughs> and trying to figure it out and need that. repetition. So yeah, um, that's yeah. great. So you're doing two at, two at the same time. Yes, because it's really convenient. I moved recently. And so my house, that's walking distance. There's a pool and there's tennis court and those two things that I'm like, great, easy access. When I have time to get away, I can go swim, walk five minutes, do the 15 minutes. I'm not that great yet. So 15 minutes, 30 minutes max is where I am. And then I can go play tennis and hit some balls or run after balls or whatever you want to call it. Cause right now I don't really call it playing tennis. You're like, are you, are you playing? I'm like, no. I'm trying to hit balls. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the that. Is. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's neat that you're doing swimming as an adult because a lot of kids who never learned to swim, they they just don't. But adults that actually learn to swim, I'm really proud of you because I'm a swim instructor as well. And I've taught adults to swim and it's it's still awesome. Like it's a great skill. It's a life skill. I feel like walking, riding a bike. 
Swimming. It is, especially because I love to be at the beach and I love to be in the water. And so I survive in water. I just can't get anywhere fast. Yeah. You know what? You might take up surfing next. Yes, I will. That's what I want to do. I figure I should be able to swim really well. Oh, <laughs> you great. just go and visit Becky and Becky will teach you how to surf. Okay, I'm holding you to it. I'm going to learn to surf. Then I'll teach you how to surf. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe her son can teach you how to surf. Okay. Christian can teach you how to surf. <laughs> I love it. Well, I actually have taken up golf recently. So I appreciate the whole learning a new skill, learning a new sport. And yeah, it is really just, I'm really just trying to get the ball off the tee, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. <laughs> this is <laughs> making in the right direction. In the right direction. A lot direction. of misses. <laughs> you just keep going, turn around yeah. like you just did something great. And you're like, all right, I meant to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you till you make it. That's, you got it. Right. Yeah, but there's definitely a beauty in that and being able to just embrace the process and know that I'm not going to be perfect every time, but I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and I'm going to have fun doing it. And I think not only is that really fulfilling personally, it's also a great example for other people to see. Like for me, for my kids to see me learning something new and embracing that process, I think is really great. And same thing for you, you know, people, your clients, your friends, right? They're like, oh, wow okay, that's, you know, I think it's yeah. really admirable. Yeah. And it helps you practice patience, so, <laughs> which True. we all like, it's a whole for the rest of your life, but it brings you back like, oh, patience, this is going to take a while and I'm not going to get it today in this session or next session, right. maybe a few months from now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's so true. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Well, today we are going to be speaking about leadership specifically and the leadership that you use now and some of what you learned as an athlete. So CNBC recently released a survey, well, a little while back, done by Ernst & Young in 2017, and they found that 90% of female leaders at the executive level had played sports in their past. And Becky and I were talking about this recently and thought, wow, like that's an astounding number honestly. Mm -hmm. And so why not interview some of these women who are leaders in their field and find out their sports background? And maybe what are some of the qualities that you learned out of sport that are helping you to be a leader now? So that's what we want to get into today. Um, We want to hear a little bit about your background, your family, how you got into sports, and then we'll kind of get into the rest of it. So maybe give us a little bit about your background. Okay. A little background. Um, my family, they're from the Caribbean, from Dominica and Grenada, so um, island family, um, and I grew up here in Maryland, mostly, was a military brat, um, and how I got started with track was, you know, I had an older sister, she's six years older than me, she ran track, and I was like, oh, I want to do what she does, and then it kind of took off, um, I was really good, I started summer track, um, and unfortunately, I didn't like it. <laughs> This is where you started learning hard work. And I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. I had asthma too. Um, so it was interesting, but my parents forced me to do it the next year. Um, and I always say I'm very grateful because after the second year, I began to love the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where it took off. I was like 10, 10 years old is when I started. My sister got me into hurdles again, trying to follow in her footsteps. Um, she didn't really stay in hurdles, but after like I saw it, I tried, I failed. <laughs> and then that pushed me to succeed. And then also someone telling me, you can't do hurdles. Any athlete that is really, someone told them once you can't do this. <laughs> and then that was like, 
what? Match um, bro. Watch exactly. me. Watch me. <laughs> watch me. And then mm-hmm. watch me succeed. And then it was funny because a coach told me that when my summer coach. And after that, then they were like, you have to do hurdles. And I was like, <laughs> so it flipped the switch. Um, so ran track through high school, got a scholarship to go to University of Illinois. I did the 100 and 400 hurdles. Um, I did not have a wonderful career in college. It was a big struggle for me. A lot of that kind of helped me. We'll talk about it later with even helping with leadership and who I am as an adult, as a leader, um, as the decisions I've made for, for work. Um, and even in being in this industry, I realized at a young, young in my life in high school that I wanted to go into um, sports and fitness. Um, so it's funny because I wanted to actually be an engineer and go into law school. And I was like, I want to be happy. And what makes me happy is working out and getting fit and seeing the amazing things that your body can do um, with some hard work and dedication. And so it's like, I can see myself helping other people do this. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important point, right? Because you decided very early to chase your passion mm-hmm. instead of to chase the almighty dollar. Yes. And I think that's important for especially young our younger generation who are listening mm-hmm. to hear that because a lot of kids are like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I guess I'll just do something that makes me money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that do chase that reality find out very quickly that that's very empty if it's not something they're passionate about. Exactly. Like I, when I was younger in high school, I was like, when I work, I really want to feel like I'm not working. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. I was like, and I work really hard and especially, you know, I was really dedicated, passionate about track. And so it's not like I didn't know what hard work was and what it was going to be like with every career that I decided to do. And I was like, if I'm going to work this hard in anything. I better enjoy it because <laughs> I'm going to be really dedicated to it. And I don't want to not be happy. That was a really important part. I was like, yeah. I want to enjoy life. Um, and so I was lucky for that because I know it, it takes a while for some people to figure out what they want to do, um, some soul searching and, mm-hmm. and just like exploring. So, yeah, no, those are some wise words. So backtracking a little bit, you said mm-hmm. your sister did not stay in hurdling. Did she continue with track? She did. She, um, she continued track, but she started in high school. Um, so that's her, her reason why. She said she wasn't as, as good as I was, you know, we kind of go back younger. and forth. Who was a better athlete? <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's like, I started late. I said, okay. <laughs> um, and she did a lot of things too. So I actually learned from her, you know, it's when you're young, you really should learn from people who are above you. Like they've been through it. And so they're taking heed, like, Hey, she's doing a lot of different things. Do one sport, do one thing and excel. Yeah. And so I was able to see that and actually do it. Um, yeah. and it made a difference. Um, but she did do it in college, but she didn't do engineering and it was kind of like a do my school and then I'll run when I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Engineering's tough. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of hard classes. Yes. Yeah. So, right. That's, cool. that's so. cool. So I know you said you kind of alluded to it earlier, but what about hurdling captured your imagination? Like other than the fact that they told you, you couldn't do it. So yeah, that was a big thing in the beginning. Um, but like anything, it was, it was something to conquer was something new. It was exciting. It was different. So I always liked to be the person who was different, unique, set aside. If everybody else was doing this, I didn't want to do it. Everybody does the hundred, 400. Like I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. 
So I was like, no one really does the hurdles. You know, it's there. People do it, but it's not like that's the first thing. It's kind of like maybe they'll go to, you know, track practice. They'll have some people jump over and see if anybody can actually do it. And then they'll start. And so not too many start younger too, because in the beginning, we didn't even do, there was 100 hurdles and 200 hurdles. And not until high school were you allowed to do 300. And only at invitationals did they allow you to do 400 hurdles. Wow. Um, and then college, you were able to do 400 all the time. Okay. Um, so it was just, it was something unique and different. Um, and I enjoyed doing that. So the path less, uh, the path <laughs> less traveled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how high were the hurdles when you started? Do you remember like how high? Yeah. They were? So um, 30 and then they went to 33 inches. Um, hmm. And the men are a lot higher and they get mad because they gradually go up for us and they kind of they start high and they only go up once more for the guys. So they're like, are they always high? <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So was the 400 your favorite event then? No, the hundred hurdles was my favorite event. Okay. All right. Um, the 400 hurdles probably would have been my better event because I actually, you know, I'm a, I can sprint, but I think I, I, have enough endurance and even still a sprint event, okay. you know, I can do the 400 hurdles, but I just love the, how quick the hundred hurdles. Are. <laughs> <laughs> it was more work. It's just, it was not, and like any athlete, you want to be good at something. So I was like, Oh, this looks a lot more work to be really good at this event. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's probably the event I should be focusing on, but yeah. I really love the hundred hurdles. Cause the first thing I ever did. So it's okay. like my first love. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, give us a quick overview of what you do now and tell us a little bit about how you got there. So I know you talked about being in college and deciding to chase your passions, but was owning a business something you were really looking to do when you were in college? Um, actually, owning a business something I knew when I was, I don't remember the last one. I didn't know. Maybe middle school, high school. I wanted to do a lot of different things. Even when I wanted to be a lawyer, I was like, oh, I'm on my own law firm. I actually wanted to be an obstetrician. I was like, I'm on my own practice. So that I knew from an early age. It was just kind of, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> um, so I own a company called Nesto Performance, and we're a wellness company. We kind of help people perform better in life. That's our tagline. And that's kind of what I've done with my whole life is working on performing better. And I feel like, you know, we're all athletes in different parts of our lives, um, whether it's an, a competitive athlete or winning at work, winning at being a mom, you know, it's performing better. And the better we perform, the better we are for ourselves and for anyone around us. Um, so that's what we want to do. And we do that through personal training, nutritional coaching, and massage therapy. Um, this passion, the desire of mine to own this company kind of started in high school when I had to do research because I was in science and tech and I was going into engineering, but I decided, oh, I don't want to do this. Can I do something different? And I end up doing research at um, Walter Reed, our medical center. And there I was in the physical therapy department. And so I saw, you know, patients coming in to physical therapy. I remember seeing one who got a protocol from the doctor, had something from the PT, went back to the trainer, they came back and they all had different protocols of what they should be doing. And I was like, any business, you find something that's missing, you need to fix it. And so I was like, there is no, no connection, no, it needs to be a 
bridge the gap between these fields and these professions. And so I knew one day I wanted to own a company that was more holistic. And even if we didn't have all the professions, there was at least a connection that people can go to one place and feel like they're taken care of and that every everyone is on the same page. Um, and so it started there and it just kind of built. And I think everything that I've done leading up to now is kind of being a, a stepping stone, whether it's working with a professional athlete, you know, working at the gym. Um, I was a strength coach at University of Illinois. Everything has helped me get to where I am now. And I'm still on that path. So it's, you know, it's not done. Um, looking to open up a facility soon and just growing in that in that direction. That's wow, cool. yeah. No, I love that. And I can attest. So my daughter has been to Tiffany multiple times for massage therapy when she was doing really competitive gymnastics. And mm-hmm. listen, sports massages are not the kind of massages that you go to relax. <laughs> However, she felt a million times better after getting massages from Tiffany because she worked out all the kinks and um, it was really super helpful. So as a client, I can say that um, Tiffany definitely does do exactly what she just said. Yeah, definitely needed to bridge the gap. You sound like one of my girlfriends and actually she was on our podcast along the lines of what you're doing. She's very into wellness and I like the way you connected those they do need to be connected, those yeah. two aspects. So it's, yeah, it's really important. I try to, anytime that a client comes in, I'm saying, Hey, let's connect with the physical therapist with the doctor. Like, what are they saying? The lines are always open and I'm, you know, always trying to bridge between different professions. So I know I can send you to someone cause I know that they will speak with me and kind of help you get better care. And so that's just really important because there's a, in each industry, there's a wide variety of where people fall and how they do things and their belief system and not that there's one wrong the other but there's at least a pathway if you're going to be on one pathway that goes well with one another and so um, it's good to connect with other professions that at least have the same belief system so that when you're doing something it flows and it makes sense than doing kind of the opposite so so what does that look like when you bring a client in for a consult? You, you're doing a very holistic approach. So do you go through a whole questionnaire? Kind of take us through what does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, before someone even comes in, we start with just a conversation, um, you know, make sure we're the right fit and that they're ready to kind of go through this process. Um, once we figure that out, we send them like a comprehensive lifestyle questionnaire because it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so we ask all the questions and we try to make them think, you know, people come in, oh, I just want to lose weight. But it's it's not about just that. It's like, what's your optimum lifestyle that you want? Because that's where we're trying to figure out how do we get you there? And we go through everything of, you know, what's your daily habits? We actually about the mindfulness, like your sleep, you know, your social, everything is impacted, what you're eating, how you're regenerating your self-care. Mm-hmm. All those things really matter for you being successful um, and reaching your goals. And sometimes it may even help people figure out what their real goals are. Because sometimes it can be mass under other things of like, oh, I, you know, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds, but, you know, I really want to feel good again or move well, which is which we want to do to move well. And when you're doing that, the other things that you think you want, they come automatically, but being able, you know, maybe 10 pounds lighter means that you're playing your sport really well. Um, Whether it's playing, you know, tennis or running after your kids or able to do your triathlon, like there's a deeper meaning sometimes for some people. um, And then they're like, Oh, but everyone wants to look good. That's, (laughs) that's always in the end. We'll take that away. Everyone always wants to look good. 
nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But um, it, it means more when someone's like, oh, you know, I forgot that I'm not in pain when I do that anymore. Mm. Walk up the stairs and, and they forget. And it's great that we forget pain (laughs) because it's good, but they forget that they weren't in pain chronically when they were before. And it was just, you know, a week ago. Um, and so that's exciting to see people change. And so after that process, they come in and we do a 90 minute, um, assessment where we do the basic stuff like blood pressure. We take their body fat. Um, we do a movement screen posture, um, and we can do some neurological testing to see how your muscles are firing. So it just depends on what, what your goals are. We, we work with that and figure out what assessments we really need to help you get there. Yeah. That's neat. I mean, it sounds like life transformation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's simple. It is. They're like, it's what's really exciting. And it's, uh, it's, you know, I, so I do my happy dance. Um, when <laughs> I don't know they get more excited than clients do, or they don't understand like leaps and bounds that they're happening when it, when it happens because there's a learning process. And I think that's why I like doing the swimming and tennis because, I get to go through the process that some of my clients do when it just learn how to move, you know, certain patterns we don't do anymore. And so when we come back and I want to retrain your body, how to do stuff, it takes us a while. And there's other things that may need to happen before we get there. Mm-hmm. And so when we go through that process and we get somewhere and I'm like super happy and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, you may not understand what all just happened. So I'm going to do my little, <laughs> a little happy dance or a little run around and be like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> you did this lunge, which seems like nothing, but it's a lot because you weren't doing that and you had a hard time doing that before. Mm-hmm. And so you had to think about it and now you, it's not a thought you can just do it. Um, so, yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of things that I would translate as coming from sport. Right. Mm-hmm. But maybe tell us some of the things that you feel like have translated from sport that have allowed you to be successful now. Uh, so, so much. Um, I think t- to be an athlete, there's, you always need hard work. You need to be dedicated to be successful. Um, because there's definitely athletes who are not successful. They're not, you know, ready to put in the work, um, perseverance, especially, you know, being a leader in, in any industry, you're going to come up with challenges and it's going to happen. You're going to have failures. And so for you to continue, all right, start back over and keep moving forward. Um, having goals, being goal driven, mm-hmm. it's really important to kind of yeah. see what your goal is. Um, and that's important as a sport. Like these are all things that just kind of move through. And that I think why a lot of people like to, to hire athletes. Cause they're like, Oh, great. We have goals. They know how to get a goal and to work towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, also a little bit to commentalize the um, part of my life. Like, you know, you have sports and I think it's a hard actually with sports. And that's something I had to learn through struggles and challenges is, you know, being an athlete, but also being a student, being a sister, you know, um, be, you know, when you're working, having a job, like, can I not allow one thing in my life over here to affect the other? And I think when you're, especially when you're a leader, you really can't um, allow the background and everything else in life to really affect how you perform and how you are with your job or, or with when you're with your clients. Um, you need to be able to, to be there and be present. Um, and so that happens in your sport. Cause you know, when you step on the line, it doesn't matter what's going on at home. It doesn't matter what's going on at school. Like at that moment, I need to be focused, um, and be in the zone, which, you know, that's what we call so that that zone kind of translates over to be in the zone at work of being able to be in the zone uh, when you need to. Um, 
And one last thing is not last, but one other thing I want to say is handling stress. <laughs> I feel like um, as an athlete, you stress your body physically. Mm-hmm. So um, you have stress from whether it's uh, coaches, parents, depending on, you know, what type of environment you've been in, you know, every different athletes had a different kind of sports environment, whether it's stress from even other teammates, but you've dealt with stress in a lot of different ways. And if you succeeded, you've learned how to deal with it and, um, and use it also as your benefit. Um, and so that's also with, with fitness is it helps you also let go of the stress. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of the times, you know, um, athletes use sports to also relieve stress. Um, but we do that also as adults yeah. out of sports, but, um, I think that helps um, definitely translate over. No, I think that's good. And you were talking earlier about the zone and being Mm -hmm. able to find the zone. And I think a lot of people who haven't necessarily played sports at a really high level think the zone is some sort of mysterious place. (laughs) But, you know, everything that you talked about that you do with your business of creating habits and systems of really making sure that you can find the zone when you Mm -hmm. need it. Right. And making sure you have that right mentality that you've done the things you need to do. And I've I've definitely seen that when you were talking about that, that really resonated with me, because even as adults now, we do a lot of different things. Right. Mm -hmm. As collegiate athletes, we had a lot of things on our plate. Mm -hmm. We had homework and we had practice and we had to go on our run and, you know, we had to hit the weight room, do Mm -hmm. academics. I mean, there's so many different things. And now you can translate that as an adult. I still need to be moving. I still need to be exercising, but I also have all these other things on my plate. So how do I manage that really well? Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I, you know, I think everyone is an athlete. <laughs> and so I get this like, Oh, I'm not an athlete. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> Everyone's an athlete in life. So that's, so I'm like, you can do it. We're all performing better. We all can work on these things. <laughs> this applies to everyone, not just athletes. Cause yeah. No, it does. So now as a leader in your field, what does that mean to you? Oh, what does it mean? Um, to be a leader, to me, it means that I'm striving to, to be the best um, and to serve others and to be an example without actually being perfect. <laughs> and being okay with not being perfect <laughs> um, and being able to admit my downfalls and struggles. Cause I feel like as a leader, you know, the expectation is that, you know, all you have it all together and we are just going to f- follow your direction. But I think as leading it's to lead by example and show that um, we're all growing we're, we're all learning and showing that I don't stop growing, that I'm ready for change um, that I want to improve. I want to be a better person, not for myself, but for other people. And I think people want that when they, when they see growth and they see that you want more then other people want more. It's, it's a, it's a passion desire. That's contagious. Um, sometimes I get giddy and excited and just like, Oh my goodness. I just love it. I get, when, I, when we're talking with you, my employees and I'm getting really passionate about something and we're growing, I'm just, there's so much emotion and excitement that I get from it. And that is like, I hope you guys are getting this. Like, <laughs> and so it's to bring that to the table um, for other people so they can follow along to get them motivated and excited. Um, also it's, it's about being prepared for new challenges. I feel like, especially after these past few years um, or a year and a half, 
it made me realize the importance of being ready for change, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like I've, because of the things I've gone through with, with sports and everything of knowing that nothing's promised and things can change at a drop of a dime. And if you're not prepared, you're not going to be ready yeah. that when things are changing, I'm ready to like, what else can we be doing? Let's be ahead of the game. And so I think as a leader, we need to have that mind frame so that we're, we're preparing everyone else to be there and that we can adapt when change happens yeah. because we're in society where we don't like change, but it's happening no matter what. So you know, there's things that are out of your control. So it's being okay with things being out of your control. And then how do we, how do we show up mm. in that time? And what do we do with when it happens? Um, and the last thing for me, which is always hard, um, because I feel like just my personality, I'm ready to go, go, go is, is listening, taking a step back and being a leader, you have to listen, um, and listen to the things that are not always being said. Um, which is really important. I think a lot of people may say things, but it's, there's always a deeper meaning. So trying to dig a little deeper, bring it out of people or watching, being aware of your surroundings to get a bigger and fuller picture mm-hmm. so that when you make decisions, um, you make the right decision, not just based off of what you thought at that, at that pristine time and the perception that you had, but getting more insight into it. Yeah. Yeah, and having leading. more, I guess, compassion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, leading the the group and not yes. just in the way you want, but yeah. yes, of the group. Yeah, right. No, that's great, and I love how you talked about empowering others and being an example for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really great advice. A lot of what you said really resonates, and I also think when we take it and we boil it down, the things you talked about are actually really hard to do. They're easy to say, but they're really hard to do if you're truly going to be that kind of leader where you put others first Mm -hmm. and you empower others and you lead by example and you're willing to admit there are things outside of your control. Because I think as a leader, that's also really hard for people that like control to admit. Oh, yes. I'll I'll admit it. Like I have to be in my struggles. I'm like, oh, guys. (laughs) And take take a step back and just like, you know, today was a hard day and I feel like you for me, it's like, why am I doing this? Going back to the why, mm-hmm. because there'll be hard days and you're like, I'm going through all the struggle and wanting to be a better leader. You're doing these things. And it doesn't just happen like that. Like, Oh, I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to do this. And everyone's just going to be all merry. It's like, no, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of struggle and, but you're better for it. So the, the, the reward comes, you just have to wait for it and go through the struggle, you know, the tension, you know, being a leader, you're going to go through tension. You have to go through the hard parts. That's the great thing about being an athlete. You know, you have to go through those parts to get the rewards or the benefits. Yeah. So it's kind of being excited about the tough parts. <laughs> yeah. And that takes intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. I've taken a ton of notes and I will go back and probably take more and we'll make sure that we put really good show notes for our listeners in here too, so that you guys can take stuff away and hopefully be able to model leadership even better based on some of what we've talked about today. Um, But before we let you go, Mm -hmm. we definitely need to hear something from your blooper reel. (laughs) yes so like no one else knows this other than those who were there and my employees because they got to see the video of it (laughs) so this is (laughs) this is because of COVID and one of the things our business started doing is virtual um, group sessions and so 
I was teaching a group session and um, doing the class. And towards the end of the class, we did a workout. We we're doing a lot of mobility work. And so I was taking them through that. And something happened and I was doing a movement, rotating, and something popped in my back. And it wasn't like a nerve related. I had nothing to do, but it made me lightheaded. Nothing to do with that. I think it was also the time of the month. So I think it was the high, like it was, it was a combination of bad scenario yep. and me being the fighter I am. I'm like, all right, just keep talking. I don't know what I was saying. I was just kind of going through, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So I was like, okay, Tiffany, talking to myself, you can do this. Try to breathe, but still talk to them and look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I was like, come up. And then I was like, come down. I was like, oh, guys, I'm going down. (laughs) I was losing it. I was like, I'm going down. And I literally like started to fall forward towards the camera. Luckily, I didn't, I was going out, but I caught myself before I hit the like door where the camera is. I didn't have any bruise. And then I went back and I was like on the floor and everyone's freaking out because even my parents were like doing so many to worse. His family was watching. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I just need a second. <laughs> Give me a second. We're going to finish. And they're all like, do we need a call? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're alone in your house. And like, I was like, I'm okay. I just need a second. And I was like, we're going to finish. They're like, no, we don't need to finish. I said, guess what? It's COVID. No one's here. I said, so it's better I finish so you know that I'm okay. <laughs> then me leaving you guys. And then something happens later. So we finished class. <laughs> I just needed, but seeing it afterwards was so funny oh my gosh <laughs> maybe we can okay. get that clip I want to see that sounds funny I know I feel like I could send that to funny some videos I'm like do they still do that you should <laughs> COVID stuff there's got to be something out there for AFV COVID funny things I know I should do my own meme myself oh that'd be hilarious <laughs> that'd be so good wow Hey guys, I'm going down. I'm going down. It was like, oh, I was like, I need to take a break. I was like, it was something funny. Like I was starting to like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm glad that you didn't actually pass out, that you were able to still talk to them because I imagine that they were freaked out enough. Oh yeah. I, I passed out for a second. It was like a, it was a, I was gone and then came like, I think I came back. Like I was, it was totally like fuzzy screen, but <laughs> I was like, oh, and then I came like, it was a quick okay. back. Okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, listen, Tiffany, this has been really nice getting to know you. And I really love that. The one thing I'm going to take with me is the one thing you said about when you're a leader, you have to admit when you do things wrong. And I feel like as a parent, I do that a lot um, so that they understand, like, I may be your leader and I want to be, but I am not perfect. You're following an imperfect person, but I love you. And we're on the same team and I'm trying to help you. So I love that you said that in your own business, because I teach. And so I have leadership above me and I know it's hard to, um, say sorry and say, well, that was really not a good decision, you know, in a good way so that they still want to follow you, but, yeah. that, um, but that they, they knew you made the mistake. So you might as well just say it because you look even dumber almost when you don't say like, yeah, it started to rain. We really should not have gone outside for Jen. You know, like I should have not taken you outside for Jen, but I, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of silly, but just to say, I teach middle schoolers to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay. You guys are right. We should have stayed inside, you know, but I just like how you shared that. And I, I will take a lot more away. Cause I really liked, um, a lot more of the leadership stuff. And I think that's going to be really good for a lot of people to hear that, how you lead. 
That's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. I really like the part about being a holistic leader and Mm -hmm. continuing to grow yourself. Find something that challenges you and show that you can be a learner as well as just a leader because leaders never arrive, right? I think I had this conversation with a student athlete actually earlier today, and they were a little hesitant about taking on the student leadership role because they didn't, they felt like they were struggling with stuff. And I was like, listen, girl, we all feel like that. (laughs) So the honesty piece, like Becky was talking about, but also just the continuing to challenge yourself, continuing to be a learner and continuing Mm -hmm. to put yourself in the shoes of the people that you are leading so that you can relate and you can show that you're going to be a learner as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we will link, um, we'll put a link to Nestfield Performance as well in our bio. If you guys are in the Maryland, DC area and you need a nutritionist, a massage therapist, a personal trainer, definitely hit Tiffany up because she is literally the best. And we definitely want to help promote her business as well. Um, So last thing before we let you go, We like to pass the ball because we are all about empowering other women here. And so passing the ball is essentially you shouting out another woman in life who has inspired you. So who would you like to pass the ball to? I'm actually going to pass it to my mom. (laughs) So she has been incredible um, force in my life from at a young age into pushing me um, to be confident, to be the person I am today, pushing me in my sport. The reason why I'm running track is because she told me, no, I had to. <laughs> um, and she has been behind me in my business. And the reason why it's even being successful now is because what she's allowed me to do. And I even call her because she's been a manager and like, Hey, how did you deal with this? So like, she's literally been a part of my life. Um, obviously my mom, the whole, the whole, my whole life, but she has been um, inspirational and really helped me through every stage, even through the tough parts in college, she's kind of just been there and been an example. So I'm um, passing the ball to her because she's Love amazing. Her. Yay. Go mom. Cool. Yeah. That's the best. Awesome. Well, this is life as a team sport. We so appreciate you guys joining us in our team room. Tiffany, we loved having you here in our team room and um, maybe we'll have you back again soon and we'll hear more updates from your business, more blooper reels, because that was hilarious. Um, If you would like to find out more information about Nestfield Performance or about Life as a Team Sport, you can go to our website, Life as a Team Sport every day and check out the show notes for this show. You can also follow us on Instagram at Life as a Team Sport. And Tiffany, do you have an Instagram where they can follow you as well? Yes, they can follow Nestfield Perform. So that's NES field perform or, and I should say Tiffany underscore Nestfield. So both of those. Perfect. (laughs) Go check those out as well. And as always, life is a team sport and you are never alone. (music) 